In this universe, we look at a lot of things like failure is not such a bad thing. If you're not failing, you maybe you're not trying hard enough. Welcome to Ending Pending. I'm your host, Andy. I give good advice only, and I'm Evan. I'm a pot smoker with a penis ring, and I'm Ronnie. As you can tell by those introductions, <laughs> Ending Pending is a podcast where we discuss television shows. I'm so shows. mad that I said pot so smoker, like I'm such a nar. You're so tickled. <laughs> also, nobody I, who smokes pot has ever referred to it as a penis ring. A so. penis ring. A Prince a Albert, what is it? What, it's dick, a cock dick ring. ring? It's a co- yeah. Okay. Anyway, um, we discussed TV shows that only lasted a single season, yada yada, currently covering Terriers, episodes four through six. But before we get into that, I have a bit for us. What's the bit? What is the bit? What's, 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 what's the bit? What's the bit? The bit is, if you had to get a pe- no, um, <laughs> the bit is, uh, what is something... That is not going to be on our Patreon. Ooh, there's a little peek behind the curtain. A little peek behind the curtain. So no something that sounds like it would be a reward and impending would have, but one that we're not sure. Gosh, anything I say that pops into my head, I, I would the first thing that pops in my head was uh audio commentary for every episode of Selfie, but that's a thing that I would love to do. <laughs> I have I, a I real go. I have a real answer. Okay. Uh we are we are absolutely never doing a Discord server. I was in a community management briefly for a video game project. Um I am never going to moderate a community forum ever again, and as such we are never doing a Discord server for Pendy fans. I'm sorry. I don't care how much you love us. Or how many fans we have one day. <laughs> we are never going to allow you to officially communicate with one of each other. With one with each other. Uh that doesn't sound like something we would have, though. So you kind of missed the point well, of the bit, but well, I, I feel I'll like it. lots of podcasts have I'll Discord servers. Sure. We um, had uh, a sub channel on the Discord on the uh you know, when we were with the network that shall not be named. We did. Yeah. No one used it. But we had one. Paul Blackthorn is my dad t-shirts for sale. Ooh. <laughs> if we made it daddy, I would sell it and I'd buy mm. it and I'd wear it. <laughs> Paul Blackthorn is my daddy. Mm. Paul Blackthorn is my podcast daddy. Uh, for me, it's going to be nudes. Oh. Which is something that was... <laughs> To give you a, a little uh, step into the <laughs> kitchen, that, that has been highly contested about whether or not we will have uh, lewd photos at some point Listen, uh, as a Patreon reward. Sex sells, okay? Sex sells, and I, I want to sell. I think we should do it, but um, that's, it's being highly debated. Sure. That's also something that could very I'm, well happen. I'm bringing Maybe. it up here now so that way the fans ask for it. Right. And then right. We'll ha- you, they'll force very, our hands. We'll have to covert. do it. Just give us enough money and we'll be all kinds of bear. Um, mm. I feel like my, my selfie commentary would just be like 
six hours of me being like, now, 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 here's why they're wrong. Here's why they're all wrong about why this is, why this is actually a good show. Is it a commentary to us talking about selfie or is it a commentary to selfie? No, it's like, (laughs) it's, it's, it's me recording, watching selfie, recording myself over it. Um, and just saying, see this part, this part is why it's so good. This is why it's such a good show. And just being like, they're all wrong. They're so wrong. They're so wrong. It's such a good, sh- look at how good like this show Charlie is. Day with the you're mail. Gonna, you're going to rewatch it and not like it the second time you watch it, but you will have committed to this, um, commentary track. And so you'll be having a crisis the whole time. I don't know. I think I'll like it more. Hey, if we get Karen Gillen or John Cho to come on ending pending, I'll say selfie was good. What if we get Nuggets kid? Nuggets boy. I don't know where that kid's at now. I don't, I don't, I don't know what that kid's doing now. He's out there living his life. <laughs> Leave that kid alone. To this. Yeah. Let him move on, Ronnie. He's not just Nuggets boy, all right? He's got a life. I love this world that you live in, that that child walks down the street and it's like, hey, it's that kid from Selfie. And he's just like, oh, not again. People are like, son, my chicken nugget. <laughs> That's what we would have. We would have uh, selfie branded chicken nuggets for sale in our merch store. That's I'll, definitely something we won't have. If we get enough people to sign up on Patreon, I will mail each one of them an individual uh, frozen chicken nugget. Ooh, that sounds like bad. That sounds like the <laughs> post office will ask you about that, and you'll have to say yes. There is a nugget in here, and they'll say they'll point. To, they'll say, "Don't make me tap the sign," and the sign says, "No nuggets in the mail, please." Uh, I'll tell them that it's for Andy Pendy's Patreon, and they'll they'll let us slide. <laughs> they'll be like, "Ooh, the one with all ooh, the nudes." Yeah, <laughs> tasteful nudes. Um, this is this is this Patreon is a backdoor for me uh, to start an OnlyFans. I've been flirting with the idea this whole quarantine, so I think it's time. It's it's absolutely time. Um, we could also do. Branded lightning bugs. What? You mean fireflies? No, not those. <laughs> lightning bugs. <laughs> Do you know that some of the blinks you see when you see lightning bug, lightning bugs blinking? Wow, say that five times fast. Uh, are actually predator bugs who pretend to be the lady lightning no. bugs to eat the male lightning bugs? They're like, hey, hey, sexy, over here, follow my blinks. And it's actually a bug that looks a lot like a lightning bug, but it's not. It eats the the male lightning bugs. They're just trying to get some of that whap, some of that that lightning bug whap. <laughs> Let them get it. Yes. Our cat is playing with the uh, the blinds. This is probably some great audio. Yeah. Uh, that will I be a reward. Is... Will be will be pictures of our of yeah, our pets. Pictures so of, pictures of kitties, literally just. Uh, Annie and Evans kitties because no one else involved in the in the project has any pets. But if you want to see our cats play with the the blinds when we're trying to record, sign up for our Patreon. And I guess this is a good place to say, hey, what do you want to be on our Patreon? <laughs> um, that may or may not be happening uh, in the short term future. Uh, keep it keep it tuned to this to this podcast and also our Twitter. Uh, for no reason in particular. This has been the backdoor advertisement for our upcoming Patreon. Nah. Uh, 
Force Friends rewatch is going to be in there too. Let's, and, you know, <laughs> let's talk about the show. We should talk. about I feel the like show. this has been incredibly front door, but yeah. let, let's keep going. We were very slick, Ronnie. I don't know what you're talking about. Tell me about this show that we're watching, Evan. Anyway, the show we're watching is Terriers. It's about some dudes who do crimes and maybe some PI work, technically, but not licensed PI work. Um, we watched episodes four and five and six. Episode four was entitled Fuster Cluck. Very edgy uh, show title there. Well done. Good job. So edgy and cool. Um, so remember that real estate developer guy from the first couple of episodes who was a sleazy dude and doing some dirty dealings and also made that sex tape and, um, they let him hire them and took his money, but then, uh, planted evidence for the murder that he was responsible for. Mm -hmm. I remember. Yeah. He's in jail now and he's insisting that he killed the one dude they planted evidence on him for, but didn't kill the other one. And he's mad about it. And they're like, Hey, we're not like recanting. We're not recanting our statements. And he's like, no, I'm not asking you to just break into my house to get money, then bail me out of jail. And then give me the money you stole from my house and you get to keep a bit. And then I'm going to flee the country. I mean, he doesn't tell them that he's going to flee the country. He, he just says he wants to take care of his wife yeah, and son. He's he just he claims that he just wants his uh his family to have that money because like his accounts have been frozen because he's in prison. Uh so anyway, they do that. They they set up a burglary and rob his house and get money out of his secret safe and bail him out of jail and uh get the money to his family, and then he tries to flee the country, and they're like, hey, fuck you. Um, you still did a crime, and we're not gonna let you. So they, are like, kidnap him, basically. And in a bizarre accident, he dies in the kidnapping. He tries to escape from them and runs out in the road and gets hit by a car. They now have his dead body in their house, and also in, and by their house, I mean, um, uh, Hank's house. They don't live together even though they should. Um, also in Hank's house is his sister, Stephanie, who has apparently been living in his attic unbeknownst to him for a while. And um, she has some, like, mental illness issues. Um, the episode synopses I have seen have all said that she is schizophrenic. I don't know about that, but she has some symptoms that, that they include in the show. She's going to be involved in some of their 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 hijinks going forward. Episode 5, they Hank and Britt uh set up this uh elaborate scenario to make it look like um the real estate developer guy whose body they have in their house uh make it look like he died in a car accident after he got out of jail. Um, so they have to steal his car and, like, stage this whole crime scene and, uh, like, they have to plant some, some other evidence on his body. I forget what exactly, but they, they basically steal his car from his house, put his body in it, like, like, drive it off a cliff and then just hope that 
the cops aren't going to catch on. Um, and then Hank, um, meets with this real estate developers lawyers for some reason associated with his, uh, the stuff they planted on his body was proof that the real estate developers were, uh, using like land that was radioactive and they, uh, wanted that evidence and Hank was like, well, fuck y'all. And he planted it on the body. He is questioned by, uh, the real estate developer guys, lawyers. And I don't remember exactly how this came about, but, uh, he figures out that they're the people who killed the guy who the real estate developer claimed that he didn't kill. Also, this whole time, uh, Hank is kind of, like, juggling his mentally ill sister, who is, like, really smart in some ways, but also, like, isn't good at human interaction. So, she both helps them dispose of this body, and also, like, comes dangerously close to getting them caught once or twice. Um... She does reveal that the land isn't actually radioactive and that uh, the evidence saying it was was clearly, like, planted there. Uh, But she says, like, only someone as smart as me could figure it out, implying that, like, the average person would not, like, look at the evidence and and realize that it was faked. Very weird, um, uh, like, mix of expertise this woman has. She knows electrical engineering and also soil toxicology, and also, um, like, biology. Anyway, um, episode six, uh, which is called Ring-a-Ding-Ding. I don't know. There's a ring in it. I guess that's the, I guess that's the. That's the hook. Um, Yeah. It's a couple rings. Uh, so... Britt and Kate, uh, Britt is Hank's, uh, partner, and Kate is his girlfriend. Uh, uh, Britt's all like, I love her, and I'm gonna ask her to marry me. And, uh, of course, thematically, then, the case they get has to do with a, uh, an heirloom ring being, uh, so what happens is there's this woman who's dying of cancer, and her husband has been cheating on her for several years, and the cheating husband gave this, like, family heirloom ring to uh, his mistress, and then his mistress broke up with him. And so the woman dying of cancer wants to get this ring back before she dies so that she can bequeath it to her son and not her husband, who she has been suspecting this whole time has been cheating on her. So she, uh, like... She wants the ring back, but she doesn't let on that she already knows where the ring is and is really sending them on this fetch quest to get evidence that her husband is cheating on her. Um, so there's there's all that going on. And then Kate, Britt's girlfriend, uh, goes to a party and sleeps with her professor and uh, is, like, really, like, broken up about it. And, uh, like, confides in Hank, and Hank's like, you defo should not tell Brit. And, uh, 
that's where we are. That's where we are. Uh, we watched three episodes of FX's Terriers. Uh, hey, Andy. Hey, Ronnie. You know I gotta ask it, right? Ask it. Uh, these three episodes, did they work for you? Uh, you know what? They did. These are not very good people. Mm -hmm. And they're kind of doing some, uh... Some bad things, but it's mm -hmm. compelling television. Love it. Love it. Hey, Evan. Yes, Ronnie. Hey, Evan. The, the, yes, Andy. These three, these three episodes. These three episodes. Of FX's Terriers. Of FX's Terriers. <laughs> Did they work for you? Did they work for you? You. <laughs> you. I love this um, little Cyrano de Bergerac situation we have going on. I'm loving this little sh sh uh, situation <laughs> situation we're going on. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, it did. Um, there were some some choices in here that annoyed me, but um. Overall, generally speaking, I, I have been enjoying the show pretty well. So I'm going to say, yeah, these three episodes did, in fact, work for me. Hey, Ronnie. Hey, Ronnie. Hey, yeah. Did these three episodes of FX's Terriers work for you? Wow, that's the first time we've done that without fucking it up really bad. Yeah, we're Good pretty job. great. Good job, Bane. But I love, how, I love how hard Andy had to think about, like, how can I fuck? I've gone too far without fucking it up. Can I still yeah. fuck it up? Yeah, yeah, I sensed you stopping to think of ways <laughs> I, to fuck it up mid-sentence. Mm -hmm. uh, pretty much every word I was thinking, like, can I fuck this up? And I was like, no, damn it, I can't. can't. Yeah, <sighs> too good, too perfect. Yeah, this show works. Um, the, the fact, I was thinking... Uh, and you mentioned that like these are not good dudes. Um, I've thought about like how many shows we've watched where like the main character is just like the perfect guy ever and never does anything wrong and is just like always like on the up and up and always just gets caught in bad situations. But he's so good he can get out of it. This show is not that, and I appreciate it so much. Mm -hmm. But they, yeah. it's it's but it's but they're still like likable. They're still genuine and likable. They just are not doing good things. Well, I think that adds to their likability. And I, I don't want to necessarily compare this show to Moonlight, but I feel like you kind of have to because it's the other private eye show. Sure. And that dude was just this cardboard cutout of a protagonist who's like yep. the perfect vampire boyfriend, private eye who never does anything wrong. And he's got superpowers and he's the smartest, bestest private eye ever. Meanwhile, Hank is just like such a fuck up and Brit is such a fuck up, but it adds so much charm to them. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Let's Evan let's it, talk about it. Let's talk Evan, about more things. Evan is what, dealing what? with Bramble Pelt right now. Sorry. Bramble Pelt. What 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 a cat! He's you know her, he's taking her outside. Yeah. Oh no! Are they are they gonna throw down fisticuffs? No, she was probably about to pee on my laundry. 
And so he, um, he rushed her out to the garage. Yes, I, back. I apologize. Uh, yeah, no, it's okay. Andy is correct. Bramble was seconds away from peeing on Andy's laundry. I saw her doing the pose and I was like, oh, we gotta, we gotta interrupt this. All is well. Sorry, not Ronnie, all, I interrupted you. What were you saying, buddy? N- not all heroes wear capes, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, what was I saying? I was saying, let's talk about what worked for us about these uh, three episodes of Terriers. Uh, I like the machinations in this show. Uh, they all, mm-hmm. I, I buy all of them. So like the, the setup with the dead body where they, uh, they made it look like he had driven off a cliff. Uh, shows tend to do this thing where either their machinations are so dumb and transparent that I get angry. Like, that's the worst plan ever. No cop is ever going to believe that you're, you're like shooting yourself right in the foot with that stupid stuff. Or they do the, the BBC Sherlock thing where like nothing makes any fucking sense. Like it's so big galaxy brain smart that like, and I say that sarcastically, like the, the writers only know it's going to work because of like nonsense deus ex machina reasons that they put in there and like it's mm-hmm. not actually smart it's just like big galaxy brain smart when you're watching it um but this show does neither of those things uh it it makes schemes seem both believable and like they could work uh uh, to Evan's point, the the stealing of the bail bonds felt that way. The stealing of Linda's car felt that way, and then the disposing of the body. Each of those, uh, as steps and like schemes, felt very plausible. Also, them tracking down that that ring, mm-hmm. you know, and like they they did they had to go through a chain of a bunch of different people. They had to shake a couple of people down. They had to like threaten them in just the right way to get information. Um, but yeah, the the. Um, security system heist thing that was smart but mm-hmm. not like sure you know i was like oh wow that's just really clever that's a, that was a good smart thing and it, it it works all of that all of that totally works for me well it works in such a way that like you know this uh small time real estate i mean large time but small time as far as like you know as we learn in this episode he's not like the the head of this this uh syndicate or anything he would have security, sure, but it wouldn't be like cameras everywhere and a laser grid and stuff like that. Like with with the right like know-how and understanding of how these things work, like, yeah, this is this is a totally plausible thing that could happen. Um to that end, even the fact where they like push the car off the cliff and uh it just kind of like rolls and flips, and they're like, huh kind of thought there would have been like an explosion like you know and and they like they like almost like wink nudge at like other shows that are unrealistic of just like huh i guess that doesn't actually happen and this is going to be a lot more difficult and then nobody finds it for like three days yeah yeah Um, what was the bit that uh you and i both looked at each other and said like that was really funny there was a moment where we were watching it and we were like, that was a really funny joke. I can't remember now. Neither I'll, I'll I, think about it. I'll was... process it as we continue talking. There, Maybe it'll come to me. There was a moment at the end of episode five where he is like calling in the tip to the to the cops 
And Hank is doing this real like burnout voice, this like surfer kind of like. I think this was it. Oh, (laughs) he goes, he's like, yeah, it's like right by the mini mart where I bought the stale Oreos. He just goes on and on and on. He's like, yeah, I was doing some shrooms and this, and he hangs up. And um, Brick goes, this was it. You have never smoked weed, have you? (laughs) And uh, Hank goes, looking at me, you would think I would have, but like. And then he, he shrugs just kinda, and just, shakes like, his head. Nah. <laughs> yeah, no, that was it. It was very yeah. good. That it was, was exactly it, was, it, Ronnie. It was peaked on all oak. Yeah. yeah. Drugs are um, great. Do drugs. <laughs> just try them. By drugs, um, Andy means weed. Um, not like other drugs. So hey, you if probably you, shouldn't if you, say drugs. If you want to try harder stuff, go for it. But just like do it responsibly. Have a safety net. Yeah. Um, or or not, yeah. like don't. You don't have to. I'm not like making you do drugs. Yeah. <laughs> and it, wait, and, and wait. if if you're a cop, you have to tell us. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I think that's all of our bases. All of our bases yeah, are covered. Them, do drugs unless you don't want to. And hey, don't listen, cops. Um, if you're a cop, cover your ears right now. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> After show, the crime um, has occurred, cover <laughs> your ears. I liked the part where we met Nega Hank. I like that the main villain has a tiny Hank who's like opposite Hank. He's got like short hair and no beard and wears suits. And he's also the, the, the big bads private investigator. And he's, mm-hmm. he's Nega Hank. And he's, I bet he has a license and everything. He's the guy who killed Hank's friend. But he did it for the new main antagonist. But I, I like the introduction of Nega Hank. I don't think we yeah. learned his name. Uh, I did like when Hank elbowed him in the face in the elevator. That was fun. Yeah. What I'm about to it, say is going to be negated by my uh, dislikes a little bit. Um, but I do like how like positive and affectionate the relationship between um, Brit and Kate is even though it's clear from the narrative that they're in a long-term relationship and have been together a good long while i feel like asking for a straight couple that actually likes each other in media shouldn't be a tall ask but it really seems like it is and they really seem to like each other they really seem to have a, a good positive you know intimate communicative relationship they they fuck they do. They have sex several times. I mean, it's not explicit. This is on, you know, regular ass TV. But like, you know, they've been dating for a good long time and the narrative just shows them like having sex because they like each other. For the same reasons as we were talking about before of like realism and like not making this all seem like a, a you know, like they're actually like the biggest they're onto the biggest thing in the world. Um, two things. I like that Lindis was just like a player. He's the real estate guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and not like the kingpin because like if that was the case for the show where they like were able to take the kingpin down like in the pilot, then it's like, eh, are they are they this great? I don't know. And the show is just like, no, I was someone was paying me. My hitmen were not my hitmen. They were some other ones, someone else's hitmen watching me. Um, so that I liked. And then also, like, they do, we didn't mention it last week, but in ep- the end of episode three, 
they show somebody like the silhouette of somebody crawling up into the ceiling of Hank's house. Um, mm. And like that could have been like real, like, you know, covert espionage type stuff. Um, but it was just his sister. It was just his sister that moved in and like didn't tell him and doesn't have the best social cues. And I, I like it. I like that that was like a fun twist instead of a scary one that like. Speaking of the the sister, um, Hank's ex-wife's fiance is a fucking saint yeah, to be putting right? up with mm-hmm, all of this bullshit from his uh, fiance's previous relationship. Like, Jesus. Yeah, I wouldn't put up with that dude, frankly. A, a running, like, thing in this is that Hank is, like, still in love with his ex-wife. And he's trying to, like, just a tiny bit, like, fuck with her new fiancé and, like... But also like, just, like, putting upon, like, hey, watch my sister, like, help me with this, help me with that kind of shit. Yeah, yeah. He still is, like, up in their business. Like, he still, like, calls her all the time and is like, oh, hey, can you do me a favor or whatever? And, um, yeah, uh, Gretchen, his ex-wife's new partner is just dealing with this way better than I would in that situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, like, even, like, completely confronts Hank. Like, he's, he's like, you know, an adult man, but he's kind of squirrely a little bit and confronts Hank, who, I don't know if he knows the bad stuff that Hank can do, but he's just, like, in Hank's face of just, like, hey, could you just stop fucking with my credit? Can you stop doing that? Um, and then, like, Gretchen, his wife, his Hank's ex-wife comes over the next day and he's like, she's like, oh, did you, uh, you, you got everything fixed for, for my fiance? He said it was some kind of like scam across the sea or something like that. And didn't tell her that, you know, Hank was being a dick just to fuck with his ex-wife. Like, good dude. Good dude. Perhaps he, he um, should not be such a good dude, frankly. Might be Rob good should for, not be a good dude. Might yeah. be healthier for Hank and Gretchen if he was just like, hey, bud, you need to stop being in our lives so much. You need to get some therapy. Funny how that works. If that yeah. were to happen, he would be billed as the biggest enemy of the show. Mm-hmm. Set boundaries, just, everyone. Right, just set, setting set healthy boundaries. boundaries. It's like, what? Um, fun fact, uh, Stephanie is played by actor Karina Logue, Donal Logue's real life sister. Oh, that's oh. so fun. That is, yeah, I noticed yeah, that her, is fun. I noticed her name in the credits and I said, I wonder if that's, that's her. Yep. Another fun fact, uh, one of these episodes was directed by Ryan Johnson and he's great. Hey! Now who's that? He's my I favorite writer director <laughs> of all time. He did Brick, Brothers Bloom. Looper, The Last Jedi, and Knives Out. Good and a guy. bunch of uh, the best Breaking Bad episodes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I will uh, segue this moment into kind of a, a, uh, a good and then into a bad. Uh, I still like the dynamic that Hank and Katie have. That they can talk about things. It's not a will they won't they thing. Um, it seems like they may have like 
a pre-existing relationship even before Britt comes in because uh, Katie knows like Steph and like the quote unquote rules for Steph of like, you know, don't give her sharp objects. Don't do this. Don't do that. Like she, she is like well aware of like that situation. Maybe Britt just doesn't like, maybe they just have that kind of a relationship where she listens to Hank and Britt's just like, what? Hank is a sister, huh? So I like their dynamic and I like that she can go to him and, you know, kind of share what is on her mind. But also... Worst advice of all time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's real bad. Yeah. I will say it does seem in character. Like, Hank is a dishonest and kind of a bad dude. But yeah. absolutely fucking bad advice. Yeah, that's one of those yell at your TV moments where you're like, yeah. no, no, don't tell her not to tell him. Right. Because either he's going to, he's going to, you know, find out in a couple of days, in which case you have a chance of maybe saving your relationship, or he's going to find out in 10 years, in which case your relationship is for sure over. And it'll just have eaten you up on the inside for that whole time. So there's no, there's no win to not being truthful with your significant other. There's just no way to win in that scenario. It is like, it does keep with him of just like, whether it's dishonesty or, you know, being deceitful. Like it is also just like turning heel and running from your problems. Like whether it's, you know, with alcohol or whether it is with just, you know, going into a career that like is is like keeps you off the grid or off the map kind of thing. Like it is this idea that like Hank has of just like, no, just like don't deal with it. And like, it'll still be there and you life will still suck and you'll still be up all night. Like I am, but like it doesn't have to like affect others except Hank. I don't think Hank realizes how much his shit does affect others. Quote, you know, case in point, his his um, ex-wife's new fiance. Yeah, it's one of those things where uh, it's writing where a character is doing a bad thing, but it's not bad writing. Mm-hmm. Like, um, it's it's tricky uh, because yeah. it is absolutely terrible, bad, awful advice and. Kate should not take it. And it didn't seem like Kate was going to, we don't know, but she like, at least said to Hank, like, no, I'm going to tell him. Uh, but yeesh. Uh, I will say as a negative that, uh, watching the scene, Kate is like stumbling around and one of her fellow students is like clearly trying to take advantage of her. And she says no. And like repeats herself. And then it cuts, uh, uh, and then the professor, like, shows up and is like, hey, like, is everything okay? And then it cuts to her in bed with someone, like, waking up uh, later. And I was certain it was going to be Brit. I was so certain it was going to be Brit. We all thought that it was the student and that she was, um, you know, like, date raped. And then we rewound to try and see who it was, uh, because yeah. then we then we thought it was Brit, uh, and then it turns out it was the professor. But it was the case of three white boys all looking fucking exactly the same. <laughs> I don't. I yeah. actually don't think that they look the same. It was just not a very clear 
you know, we don't have like a gigantic a TV and the room was dark, you know, and like it they, just it, they didn't show him clear. right away. Like they had they showed her getting out of bed and then you could see his face like in the background. So well, it just was hard for us to tell. For even once we figured out it was the professor, we still didn't know even just based on Kit's reaction, if it was like if she got raped or not, because right. she was really upset about having cheated. And it wasn't until dialogue much later after the reveal where she says, like, no, I did it willingly and I knew what I was doing. And I was like, all right, well, this like recontextualizes everything. But uh, I don't know if the like direction and the, the, the direction of the writing could have made it more clear earlier that this was a consensual thing and like cheating and not, um, you know, fucking awful. I uh, also just, I, I mean, I dislike this for a lot of reasons because like we've talked about, we very much like Kate and Brit. Um, but like, it really felt like the show all of a sudden had nothing to do with Kate. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Now that step, now that Steph was involved, they had a like, kind of quirky uh, woman to like be somewhat in their plans sort of thing. And now Kate was just a significant other in the mix instead of like a part of the storyline. I don't like it. Like she talks about in the scene that we're talking about with um, Hank where she, you know, she's like, I can feel him looking at me. I felt it like I, I felt like it was, you know, going in that direction. And we have just met all of these characters. We have just met this like, Broy dude in her class. We have just met this professor, like, and the professor like barely like glances at her, other than to say like, "Hey, come sing karaoke." Like, there's no build up to this. It does not feel earned. Um, which to me makes it a very easy thing for her to come right home and be like, "Yo, I fucked up. I did this thing." It, I'll, I'm I'm dropping the class. I'm I'm like you know I'll I'll do what I need to do. I'm sorry. I understand whatever you're feeling, and then like let Brit deal with that. Like the fact that it's like no, I can't tell him about this illicit affair with this guy. That like who the fuck, who, what, why? Like it just it it was very much felt like they don't know what to do with her. Yeah. And so we're it- just we're just gonna create a problem right here where we know there is no conflict. Yeah, I don't know what they're going to do with that in the next episode. I mean, maybe she does come clean and it's fine. It, it That'd be really refreshing. Yeah, it would. It would, honestly. But I get the vibe like she's not going to tell him. And that's just going to be a narrative contrivance from here on out. And the reasons she didn't tell him are are fairly arbitrary and feel forced and that that will be the first time in this show that I've really felt that besides the um the uh the cuckold wife situation that just felt kind of nonsensical to me um but that was at least less of a cliche than this is this old you know like this this old relationship drama uh nonsense that we have to insert into every show it's also going to feel really shitty if like you know we keep talking about like oh wow a a healthy heterosexual couple on tv amazing if all of that is just so that this moment has an impact just i mean this this episode starts off with like them not being able to keep their hands off each other before a wedding or an engagement party whatever it is um if if that is just to be like, oh, no, now it's all ruined. 
Like, fuck that. Like, I like that 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 garbage pisses me off. And like, this is not to underscore or whatever. What's what's the word I'm looking for? Undercut. I, yeah, undercut. There we go. This is not to undercut that like cheating is wrong and bad. Yes. But I will say, Hank's reaction of like this will kill Pret is like buck wild to me because first of all, Kate didn't want to go out drinking with her college friends or whatever. And Britt was kind of like, no, you should do it. Like, go hang out with, like, like, kind of pushed her. Like, go drinking with them. Go drinking with them. Yeah, he also specifically said, oh, make sure you flirt with your professor. Keep that GPA up. You know, like, jokingly. But, right. um, then Britt is almost assaulted by a student, like a fellow student, is rescued by her professor, and, like, she is clearly... Kate. You said Britt. Kate. Oh, Kate, yeah, sorry. Britt is... Kate. Typically a woman's name, so I keep thinking Brit. But Kate is, like, you know, rescued by this professor, and then, like, one thing leads to another. I do think that is kind of, like, an easily explained situation to your significant other of, like, hey, like, this was an accident, I didn't mean to, but, like, here's the whole scenario of the night and what happened, and, like, I, I, I feel awful about it, and it shouldn't have happened, and I'm sorry, yeah, of all the cheating scenarios that you could get yourself into, this is uh, one of the most understandable, I think. Uh, this this wasn't like a malicious cheating. This wasn't a premeditated cheating. This wasn't, you know, there weren't, like, there was no web of lies. She was just, like, real drunk, and this guy came to her rescue in a bad situation and like, yeah, she says afterwards, like, yes, I was, I was cogent. I knew what I was doing, but like, you know, the circumstances are what they were. So, yeah. Uh, and like once is different than an affair. Right. Like, and once, and once and immediately coming home and being like, Ooh, boy, I, I have to tell you this right away. Like is different than all of it. Like, Different, yeah. especially than what Hank is telling them to do. Yeah, so, um, I don't know, that I find a little frustrating, that I feel like is kind of bad writing, like, Hank being like, this will kill Brit, like. Right. It is a very, like, adolescent response to a problem, like, I've, I've been in similar situations to this in my life, where it's like, your first instinct is like, just like, no, we need a store, we need to make this up, that we need this to go away, um, and it 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 just is odd to me that like a grown man like Hank and a grown woman like Kate would like settle into this situation of just like, no, honesty is not the right policy here. Like you he, he I mean, he gives good advice if you are trying to like live a lie, which is just like forget that it happened. It didn't happen. Force yourself to put purge it from your memory like that's that's what you do if you want to live a lie. It also fucks you up in a big way. Um, it's just, it's, it's wild to me that that would be his like go-to reaction of just like, all right, now let's bury this down deep. This is what a 17 year old would do. Just lie, 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 lie. Um, in other negatives, I don't love how, uh, Stephanie's mental illness is handled. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, there are several people in like on my mom's side of the family specifically who are schizophrenic. And, uh, like, I'm not an expert or anything, but this woman does not act like any schizophrenic person that I've ever met. 
there's also this sort of framing there there's they're kind of doing a whole like salad of the like mental health tropes one she's a genius autistic or something like that where she's real good at scrabble really really socially awkward and says things that don't make a lot of sense in context and things that are kind of offensive to other people and then also is like i said she she is a fucking genius at soil toxicology and a genius at scrabble and a genius at mechanical engineering she like takes apart a bunch of appliances and puts them back together and and then also she like lives in hank's attic even after he offers to let her live in the guest room she's like no i like it up there i feel safe it's it's just like kind of a like a a medley of like vaguely bad tv mental health tropes oh and also they they're worried about having anything sharp in the house presumably because she's a danger to herself or others Uh, like hank tells brit to hide all the sharp stuff in the house and then they're like freaked out because she had she finds an ice pick at one point the the idea that mentally ill people are dangerous is a whole thing it's not it's not one untrue in 100 percent of situations but like oh yeah another tv trope of a of a potentially dangerous mentally ill person and like i just don't know like what a lot of these symptoms have to do with like schizophrenia it's it just seems like they kind of threw it all at the wall it seems to me like they needed a reason why she has not been in the show since day one and they said oh well she's been in like a mental institution and they were like hmm, if she's just kind of like socially awkward and very smart, almost as if she has autism, that wouldn't necessarily be a reason for her to be institutionalized. And they were like, oh, well, also she wants to hurt herself. And they're like, great, takes care of it. Yeah, so i just not real thrilled about about her whole thing. I, I actually don't dislike the character, to be honest with you. Like, she's been kind of a like an interesting variable in a lot of these mm-hmm. scenarios. So I, I can't honestly say that it's like narratively bad from a, a story standpoint, but whenever you put mentally ill people in your show, please get some like consultants or something like, please, please know what you're doing with that. Instead of just being like, I don't know, this symptom would be fun. Let's just throw that in there. Mm-hmm. That goes for like, Pretty much anything like if you're if you're writing something or designing a game or writing a TV show or a webcomic or a fanfic, you know, maybe maybe talk to some sensitivity readers for uh, any of the marginalized kind of identities you you might put in your uh, your craft. Make sure you're doing them uh, respectfully and avoiding harmful tropes. And in general, I'm. I'm a proponent of attempting to do representation, even if you don't do it perfectly, but we got a lot of resources nowadays. You know, we, anybody creating something has a lot of like people they can ask. We have the internet, we have mass communication. You can, you can get on, you know, a zoom call with 
like a professor who knows what they're talking about. You can read some some books by some people with the mental illness that you're trying to portray. You know, you get a lot of resources. So don't just don't just throw whatever out there and say, ah, it'll be fine. Yeah. Um, the musical artist Sia is in a bit of trouble right now because of doing this exact thing of creating a film and trying to make it um, a a positive look. These are like her words, like a positive look at autism, which like already that's bad, Um, but also like made no attempt to like cast anyone with autism or or, you know, have sensitivity readers or anything like that. It's just like, and and has had like a real bad reaction of just like, what, like I didn't do anything wrong. This is a good thing I'm doing. And it's like, Oh, Oh no. Uh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Really doubled down on it too, which is, yeah. you know, don't do that. Like if people yeah. from the marginalized community that you were trying to depict, like speak up and, and correct you, they're doing that. One, as a kindness and as a show of respect that they would like mm-hmm. take the time to point out the problematic elements of the, 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 the art you've created for you to then double down and be like, well, fuck you for not appreciating my glorious efforts. Like that, that's super bad. Look, it's not great. If you're going to exploit, if you're going to exploit people, at least listen to the people you're exploiting. Yeah. Like at least, at least take that into account a little bit. Um, one last thing that I had, um, that is, is I'll, I'll put it here because it was kind of like a, a negative for me last week, but this time I'll flip it and turn it to a positive. Um, it is so clear that my concern about like, Ooh, it's kind of cop adjacent. It's coloring police in a different way. Like they are just like the police are pawns in this and, and Hank and Brett are just kind of using them as they see fit. And if that works out for the police every now and then, it's like, eh, who cares? But like, for the most part, it is like, so like it was definitely, we we talked about this last time a little bit, but it is so clear that it's just like, they are just spinning the police uh, around their finger and it, it makes the show a lot more enjoyable. Yeah, they have absolutely no respect or regard for the, the cops that they are uh, using as they see fit, like you said, Ronnie, uh, very well put. This is a positive. It's never explicitly stated in the show, but I get the vibe that Hank is using his time as a police officer to inform a lot of his schemes, especially the something like the the thing with the um uh the security system. You know, I bet he worked on a case or something. This is this adds to the believability and it also like, I feel like the show is telling us that without telling us, you know? They're showing us, not telling us. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I agree with both points wholeheartedly. Um, Like, with all the Linda stuff, like, it, it was really interesting what Hank was willing to tell his former partner about Lindis. And when his former partner then threatened to, like, put him in jail, Hank, like, was very easily able to dance around it because he knew exactly what information he had revealed and how he had revealed it. He wasn't culpable for any of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was showing that one, he has no respect for 
the police and is just using them. And two, because of his time on the force, he knows exactly like what he can reveal to stay out of trouble. And then like also like how to, to use the, that information. It's really good shit on any other, like, I guess this is what makes it so good is on any other like police procedural show. Hank and Britt are like the deadbeats they pull in and are like, you know, uh, working over like, like, oh, you better tell me this. And they'll they know, you know, even if Hank's like, yeah, I didn't tell you this. I didn't tell you this. I didn't tell you this. You have nothing on me. Like their plate is like total villains of like, oh, if only these people would be honest, then the pol- the good, good police would be able to do their jobs. And it's like we're seeing it from the other perspective of like, no, like it's not it's not all that. It's not as simple as that. The police are trying to do a job and it's not necessarily the job that protects people. Sometimes the people who are protecting people are working against the police. There was a moment where I forget who, but someone asked Hank, like, did you do anything wrong? And he phrases it of like, not morally. Mm, Yeah. And he kind of winces, you know, as if to say, like, I did illegal things but they weren't wrong and i think that kind of sums up the show Mm -hmm. and uh you know it's something that we've talked about before on ending pending and like joked about before but like crime isn't real like laws aren't real they don't exist uh what exists is morality and you can do something that is totally lawful but completely immoral and you can do something that's very illegal but is the morally correct thing to do and i think this show is you know brit and hank trying to walk that line and figure out like you know with the crappy cards their clients are dealt how do we find justice in a very broken system Mm-hmm. absolutely and i think the show is doing a good job of that you know for for the the mishandlings of certain characters and you know weird uh, you know fetish stuff that came up earlier like <laughs> the, all of that aside i think the idea of getting justice for people who just like who simply are not going to get justice you know one way or the other like you know whether it's linda's flying off into uh, the cayman islands and and not actually seeing justice for for his crimes or whether it's you know you know, Gosney, his friend who was killed, like not seeing justice for, for that person who did wrong there. Like, um, you know, it, it it's justice is, is so like it, it, that, you know, law and order being such a dog whistle for, you know, putting black and brown people in jail. Um, that's not what justice is. And this show has a, a much more healthy definition of justice and it's far as as all things are when you get close to them far more complex than other shows or even police departments across the nation would have you believe yeah for having you know two b plots not be great uh you know overall this has been a damn good show and i'm I'm Mm -hmm. looking forward to watching more of it absolutely absolutely uh so next week we will watch four episodes um thank you for uh giving us a little bit of a break last week with with uh the holiday but we uh we are back and uh check out check out next week maybe something special maybe something special for you on the uh on the ending penning twitter 
And you yeah. can also check the Force Friends Rewatch Twitter, too. There might be something special and interesting that you might want to put some of that uh, holiday money towards. If you got any cards from Grandma, maybe maybe there's a destination for that uh, $5 bill. Y'all should follow the Force Friends Twitter. I run you it. You should it's follow the Force great. Friends it's Twitter. Good Twitter. It's so account. good. Yeah. The yeah. sexiest thing about Andy is their hot takes. Ooh. <laughs> They're good takes. They do, and and I will say this: they do not get enough attention. They, no, we I, don't. We don't. I see. I see those takes sometimes, and I'm like, who tweeted this? Is this uh, Star Wars explained? Is this uh, Dave Filoni himself? Nope. It is Star. It is Force Friends rewatch. Always there with the hot takes. Always there with good, good background information, and uh, it needs a lot more retweets. So mm. go on there and retweet it. Mm, give me, give me, give me, give me. <laughs> Give the validation and affirmation and that's all serotonin. We have. That's all we have these days in these dark, insidey times. Evan, you want to plug anything now that now that the holidays are over? Mm, no. <laughs> excellent, excellent, love it. Uh, Thaumaturge costs. I'm, I'm I'm getting my I I bought myself a, a metal kiln to do uh, like metal jewelry and stuff. I will be updating stuff in my Etsy shop soon, but it's not it's not there yet. So there's really not much to look at right there, right there. Sure. So sure. Check out Force Friends Rewatch. Check out Good Neighbors. Um There's probably gonna be more podcasts soon that you'll have to check out from from Andy. They can't, God, they can't stop not. podcasting. Please stop me. Someone stop me. <laughs> please. Please. You gotta keep podcast. You gotta keep microphones away from Andy. That's that's the rules for Andy. Just keep microphones and audacity away from Andy. Don't let them podcast again. Uh, check out Bristol Podworks. Make your podcasting dreams come true. Check out uh, there's, there's music you can make. I'll make for you or or whatever. Um, and then uh, I guess also ending pending. You can follow us uh, at pending pod on Twitter. Uh, at pending pod on Facebook at ending pending on Instagram. Also, you can send us an email. Please do. We love hearing from you. That's pending pod at gmail.com. Uh, how do we, uh, how do we end these episodes? How do we, we we're never doing we firefly. No, we actually had what? Oh, actually, you know what? Andy. Yeah. What, what do you need to apologize to the listeners for this week? I didn't fucking do anything wrong. These uh, goddamn peasants I, need to give us some coin to our Patreon <laughs> so we can keep making this goddamn show. So I'm not going to apologize. I think you should apologize for what you just said. No. No. Okay. No. Okay. I will give us, not. Give us $5 and Andy will apologize. I'll apologize if they give us money, but it's not <laughs> happening unless they give us some fucking money. The show ain't oh. cheap. We have to keep buying shit on fucking streaming services so we can goddamn make this fucking podcast. Jesus. Give us give us two bucks. Give us two bucks to the Patreon when it launches. Gimme. Then maybe gimme, I'll gimme. apologize. That's our new sign off. Just gimme. gimme. Money please. Money please. <laughs> Money. Goodbye. Bye. Bye everyone.